Um, Alright, so this is part two of why is the book of Philemon important? First of all, I want to um, say thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. Alright? Um, I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing this morning, you know, um, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God, you know, and that means so much to the Lord, you know, and, you know, when, when you, when you hear the word of God, when you listen to the word of God and you study the word of God, it's so beneficial to you. It is. All right. Still, I want to jump right into it. All right. Um, this is part two of why the book of Philemon is so important. Um, all right. So where we left off was what happened to Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon. All right. Uh, we talked about where they were by the end of the book of Philemon. And um, I guess you could say how their life turned out, I guess you could say, or um, what their lives was like after the book of Philemon, or how the letter that Paul wrote to Philemon had affected him. Or all of them, really, to be honest. Okay. Um, we know that Onesimus uh, received salvation. Um, Philemon accepted Onesimus as his friend and as a partner in the church. And we know that Paul... Um, we know that we know that he's up there in age and he is what I believe to be mentoring Onesimus. All right. So now that leads me to my next question. All right. As we finish up as Christians, what lessons do we learn from the book of Philemon? All right. And what is the point of the book of Philemon? What does it teach us? Again, this is this is a very important book, all right? Despite how 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 short it is, all right? And despite how um unknown Philemon and Onesimus may be in the Bible, <clears throat> this is actually one of my favorite books because we learn so much from it and it's very simple and it's very straight to the point. And again, I, I urge you, if you haven't read this book before, read this book. It's important that you know this book. And if you have read this book before, read it again, all right? And if you read this book twice, Study it even more, okay? <laughs> All right. So, in reading 
the book of Philemon and reading that one chapter, there are four major lessons that we as Christians can take away from the book of Philemon. All right. One of them is forgiveness. Okay. One of them is forgiveness. What, how do we learn forgiveness from, from the book of Philemon? What does forgiveness have to do with the book, this book? Well, let's just look at Onesimus. All right. He, he was, again, to put it bluntly, he was a runaway slave. Okay. He had ran away from Philemon, okay, from his household. Now, some of you may say, well, you know, nothing's wrong with that. You know, what's wrong with running away from slavery? Listen, all right, I, un I understand. It's just before... Before you start saying that, you have to understand that that was the culture back then. Okay. So in him running away, all right, um, for whatever reason, I, I don't know. He did break the law. And I'm sure that not only did he break the law, he probably, you know, really... I'm sure that probably really angered Philemon. All right. To have one of his um, slaves run away. All right. So as he met Paul, I'm sure when Paul had first told Philemon, listen, I mean, first told Onesimus, listen, you have to go back. What you did was wrong. You have to go back. I'm sure that Onesimus was probably, you know, like, what? Are you kidding me? Go back. You know, Paul, I, th I thought we were friends. And now you're telling me to go back? Are you serious? You know, but you have to understand that he still did break the law. And technically, Onesimus still was... Philemon slave, all right? So, I'm sure he probably made a lot of people mad with, with that right there, okay? So, when he had went back, as Onesimus had went back to Philemon, he brought with him Paul's letter, and Paul was advocating on behalf of Philemon, okay? He was telling Philemon, listen, forgive Onesimus. What he did was wrong. Forgive Onesimus. All right. And we see that now. Um, and we see rather, I should say, we see forgiveness in it. Because we see how Philemon ended up embracing him with open arms 
embracing him as a friend, all right, and a fellow brother in Christ. All right. And we know that he did end up receiving him as um, a partner in most likely the church. OK, because as we read in Colossians, it says how um, Onesimus did end up uh, receiving salvation and how he was and how he did play an important role in the church. All right. Later on. So after asking Christ to forgive Onesimus for his sins, we notice how he received salvation and how Christ had forgiven Onesimus for his sins. So that's one thing that we can take away from this book um, of Philemon is forgiveness. All right. Another lesson that we as Christians can um, take away from this book is taking accountability for your actions, taking accountability for your actions. And some of this stuff um, I am, you know, you may find me saying the same thing twice. All right. Because it is a short book. All right. Um, taking accountability for your actions. As I said. I'm sure that Onesimus was probably expecting something a bit, you know, different from Paul. You know, Onesimus's mindset, and again, I don't know this for a fact. This is just my personal belief, all right? The Bible doesn't say this, but this is my personal belief. I can imagine that Onesimus being a runaway slave, being young, all right, having that mindset that, okay, this guy, Paul, he's in jail. He knows what it's like to break the law, all right? He, he, he's tough, you know. Um, we're, we're friends, so I'm sure he understands what I'm going through. You know, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure he's going to be on my side. And whether Paul understood what he was going through or not, Paul still threw kind of a left curve at, at Onesimus when he said, listen, you have to go back. You have to go back to Colossae. You have to go back to Philemon. Go back. Hold on. I, I thought that you would be on my... I thought you you would know what it's like. And you want me to go back. You see... As I said... Onesimus did break the law. And in doing so... He did have to face consequences. All right? He was going to have to face consequences for his actions. So in going back, not only in going back, but apologizing for running away. We learned that we need to take accountability for our mistakes. 
whether it seems as though we're justified in what we did or not, whether we see, whether it seems, whether we feel as though we were right in what we did or not, the fact is, if it was wrong, all right, if it, if it was wrong and we went against it, we have to take accountability. All right. We can't complain and say, you know, well, that's not fair. You know, um, it shouldn't be like that. What I did was right. What I did was justified. You know, I didn't ask you all that. You still broke the law. You still did. You, you what you did was still wrong. OK, what you did was still wrong and you have to take accountability for it. All right. Doesn't matter if it's fair or not. You can't blame others. All right. You can't you can't um, blame it on whatever. All right. We learn from Onesimus. That we have to take accountability. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. It must have been hard for Onesimus. To walk back into that house of Philemon after running away, okay? He had to walk that long, di I mean, think about it. He had to walk that long distance from the city of Rome all the way back to Colossae, okay? Now, he was on his own. He could have just ran away again, okay? Could have ran away again. And I'm sure that each step he took on his way back to Colossae was a very agonizing step. All right. But he knew what he had to do. He knew he had to take accountability for his actions. He knew that he had to go back. He eventually knew that he had to go back. All right. And in number three, what else could we have learned from this book? What is the third lesson that we as Christians can learn from the book of Philemon? All right. Third thing that we can take away from the book of Philemon is standing up for your fellow brother in Christ Jesus. Standing up for your brother in Christ Jesus. All right. Now there are I want to I want to put this out there one time. There are plenty of lessons that we can take away from this book. There are. But I just want to get into these four. Okay? Standing up for your brother in Christ Jesus. Really that's what this whole entire book is about. All right? That is that is what is going on. That is the reason why this book was written. Okay. Paul meets this young guy, Onesimus, who's visiting him in prison. 
He learns about Onesimus' situation, all right? Um, they end up developing a relationship, all right, in Christ Jesus. And Paul eventually sends him back to Philemon, but doesn't send him back empty-handed, all right? He gives him a letter. Now, this isn't just any old letter, okay? This isn't a letter that says, all right, this is how you should punish him. You should only punish him a little bit because he wasn't that bad of a guy, all right? And then, you know, all is forgiven. No, this is what Paul had done, all right? Paul had written a letter advocating on behalf of, of this guy Onesimus, all right? And I mean, this was like a real letter, you know, that was written on behalf of Onesimus, okay? I mean, Paul is really standing up for this guy. Verse 10 says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten, while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own. Verse 15 says, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. Verse 19, I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me, even your, even your own self besides. All right. So we see all of these verses on how much Paul is advocating on behalf of Onesimus, all right? Especially like in verse 19 when Paul <laughs> writes to Philemon and says, not to mention that you owe me. <laughs> you know, Paul wants to go there. You know, you owe me, <laughs> you know, but see, Paul knew what Onesimus did was wrong. He knew what he did was wrong in every single way. And he knew that he should be punished. He really should. All right. Still, Paul also knew that, you know, there was no question Onesimus, eventually he would face some kind of consequence. He would um, face some kind of punishment um, for his actions. But from Philemon, he wanted Philemon to embrace Onesimus now as a friend and a brother in Christ. And no longer a slave, all right? Because Paul was saying, you know, how Onesimus could be beneficial to the ministry.
And you know, in this world today, it's it's really sad because there are a handful of Christians out there. There are not that many Christians out there, but there are a handful of Christians out there. And you would think that because there are um, just, a, just a small amount of Christians out there, okay, who believe in God, who read the Bible. Well, not, not every Christian reads the Bible, unfortunately, okay? But you would think that since there are such little amount of Christians out there, that there would be a close-knit group, all right? A tight-knit group. And that they would be very close to each other. Unfortunately, that's not the case. It's surprising, and yet it's not surprising because the Bible tells us of this. But it's surprising that so many Christians want to be by themselves. And what I mean by that is they're very unwelcoming. They're very cold to other people. They're very unkind. A lot of people are very, a lot of Christians are very unloving. And that feels weird to say. A lot of Christians are very unloving. And that's the way how a lot of these people are. Or I should say a lot of a lot of these people who call themselves Christians. Okay. When what we should be doing is we should be standing up for our fellow brothers in Christ. I hear it all the time, you know, by other Christians. Oh, there's so many there's so much persecution going on in the world today amongst Christians. My people, you know, are being persecuted all over the world. There's so much persecution going on. How come you're not helping your fellow Christian? When are you ever being kind to your fellow brother in Christ Jesus? All right. Am, am I saying to am I saying to go out and, you know, get fanatic or anything like that? No, I'm not saying that at all. All right. But when was the last time that you embraced your fellow brother or sister in Christ Jesus? All right. And you showed them love. And maybe if you did show them love, maybe, you know, there would be more strength amongst Christians. And in doing so, maybe there would not be so much persecution. All right. So that's one thing that we can learn from this book. All right. That when you think about it, we actually don't don't get that lesson from a lot of other books um, in the New Testament. All right. That's one of the things that makes um, the book of Philemon very rare. Is that it teaches us about standing up for our brother and sister in Christ Jesus. Okay.
Now, number four. And this is... Um, this is the the final one that I want to talk about. Again, there are so many lessons that we can learn from this book, but I want to talk about the four major ones. All right. That really stand out. Is that God may use the most unlikely person to benefit his ministry. God may use the most unlikely person to benefit his ministry. What do I mean by that? All right. I'm going to give an example. <clears throat> All right. You look at the average person. Okay. Or maybe not so average. Um, grew up in a Christian household. All right. Maybe a Christian neighborhood. Went to church his whole life. Went to private school his whole life. You know, very good person. You know, very respectful person. Um, his lifelong dream was to become a missionary. That's great. Um, he ended up going to seminary school. Okay. Um, ended up ended up becoming a pastor right out of seminary school. That's great. All right. Got married. Even better. All right. See, the thing is, though, is that. And I'll go ahead and say seven times out of ten, seven times out of ten, he doesn't have the experience or I'll, I'll even go as far as to say um, the grit, <laughs> okay, that he needs to, to go to certain places of the earth or to do certain things that God needs him to do, all right? Whereas God, he sees somebody who has been through turmoil, knows what it's like to experience hardship, all right, has, has seen a lot throughout their life as a younger person. And throughout all of it, they had made it through it. All right. God sees that person and he sees that the, he sees their strength. He sees their toughness. All right. He sees their will. He sees the drive that they have. And God says, hey, I can use this person for my ministry. I can use this person as a missionary. He would be a good guy. He can last in the missionary field. All right. This other guy, he was a great guy, but I can't. But the fact of the matter is, is that I can't use him the way that I can use this guy. You know, may have become a Christian late in life. He may have received salvation 
later in life, but I have something big for this guy. All right. Nobody ever expected this guy to be used by God. No one ever expected um, this drug dealer to be used by God. No one ever expected this murderer to be used by God. No one ever expected this prostitute to be used by God. Okay. But God sees the ability in these people, the most unlikely people. He sees what they have. And God says, I'm going to use these people. These people have what it takes. All right. These people have what it takes. All right. So we see that God can use the most unlikely person to benefit his ministry. And we see that in Onesimus because you look at Onesimus. Onesimus, he was a pretty tough guy. Okay. Um, he was hardworking guy. All right. He was a slave. All right. Um, and to run away from Colossae all the way to Rome, you know, that's a pretty long distance. Okay. And you have to understand they didn't have cars back then. Okay. He was he was a young guy, you know, and once he got to Rome, he could have hid out in the city of Rome. All right. Rome back then. It really, um, you know, you could consider that a sanctuary city. All right. A lot of people that lived in Rome, they were hiding out. Um, from certain people because Rome is such a huge city, all right, and made it easy for them to blend in for such a long time, all right? Now, Onesimus, he could have easily just started a new life in Rome, but instead, what did he do? He had, he had visited a person in prison, all right? I mean, honestly, what, what, what could have drove this person to visit someone in prison? Okay. And there's no doubt in my mind that God took notice of that. There's no doubt in my mind that God took notice of that and he says, "Wow. Not only is he a tough guy, but Onesimus, he doesn't know it, but he has what I want in a person, all right? All we need to do is teach him a little bit about my son, Christ Jesus, you know, mold him a little bit, you know, let him receive Christ Jesus in his life, okay? Let him grow a little bit, let... Let um let my son Paul 
you know, teach him, mentor him, train him up. All right. And I can really use this guy on this. Of all people. And God does end up using him. All right. And we know that from um, reading the book of Colossians chapter four. Verses seven through nine. And I know that I read that already, but I'm, I'm going to read it again. All right. So we know that God ends up using Onesimus in a mighty way. All right. And I'm going to read the book of Colossians chapter four, verses seven through nine. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that he may know your circumstances and comfort our and comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They will make known to you all things which are happening here. So there are a few things that we could actually get from those from that from those scriptures okay one onesimus is now a faithful and beloved brother in christ jesus all right we know that onesimus is is now a servant of the lord okay And not only that, we know that he has been in the Lord for a while now, okay? He, he's really serving the Lord. God is really using him. And we can know that because, all right, in reading this again, all right, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. OK, so now we know that Onesimus is surrounding himself with other men of God. OK. It's not as though, OK, Onesimus, he is um, saved, he has salvation, but. He doesn't want to give up, give up his old friends. He doesn't want to um, give up his old lifestyle. All right. Onesimus, he's, he's serving the Lord now. And in doing so, he is surrounding himself with other fellow um, brothers in Christ Jesus. OK. So imagine that you ask Onesimus, you know give a small testimony of his life. Onesimus said, well, I used to be a slave. I ended up running away. Um, I ended up visiting this man in prison. Okay. This man in prison ended up leading me to Christ Jesus and teaching me 
about Christ Jesus, you know. Usually it's the other way around. Usually people go to prisons to teach prisoners about Christ Jesus. But this one prisoner ended up teaching me about Christ Jesus. All right. And in doing so, I eventually returned to the person who um, I ran away from, to my old slave master. All right. We became good friends. All right. He released me. From um, my servitude, okay, and we became close friends. And I have been serving the Lord faithfully ever since. And I have, um, I have been um, really beneficial to the ministry. I mean, that sounds like a very powerful testimony. And that testimony right there, if you were to, you know, ask for a testimony from Onesimus, all right, that right there would make you say to yourself, wow, God uses even the most unlikely person to benefit his ministry because I keep on saying how. Onesimus was a runaway slave. But you have to think about it. Had Onesimus not run away, he would have been a slave um, for Philemon for the rest of his life. All right. He would have been stuck inside his house and around his property for the rest of his life. And the chances of him receiving Christ Jesus would have been very slim, okay? And the chances of him serving Christ Jesus would be even more slim, all right? So although it was wrong for Onesimus to run away. God still knew what was going to happen. And he had a plan for his life. Okay. And I can imagine God saying. Well if Onesimus is going to run away. I'm not going to let him have it easy. Alright. I'm not going to let him. You know live a carefree life in Rome and just seek sanctuary and hide out and start a new life for himself. No, I'm not going to let him do that. All right. If he's going to run away, I have an even better plan and a bigger plan for Onesimus. All right. And I really want people to take heed to that one lesson that we learned, all right? To those people who 
may feel like they have no purpose. For those people who may feel like, you know, oh, I'm just a, who cares about little old me? Or, you know, the life I'm living right now, you know, what can I possibly do? Or how can I possibly benefit others? Look at my situation. Look at where I'm at. You know, what ministry can I possibly be beneficial to? All right. For those people who may think that, to those people who may be in certain situations like that, to those um, people who may be in prison, who may say, you know, look at what I did in my past. You know, who, who would possibly take me serious? You know, as as a Christian. How, how could God possibly forgive me? You know. How can I possibly serve him inside of this prison? For those people who think like that. All right. I want you to remember that God uses the most unlikely people to benefit his ministry and to benefit him. All right. And that doesn't just go with Onesimus. That goes all throughout the Bible. All right. And that doesn't even just go all throughout the Bible. That goes all throughout human history. All right. How God uses the most unlikely people. To serve him. Trust me. I know. I can testify to that. Alright. And I know people that can testify to that. And I know that I'm really. Dwelling on. Um, this. This lesson. And this takeaway. Um. Right here, and I'm kind of getting passionate about it, you know, and, and I need to bring it back down a little bit, okay, because, you know, I'm starting to get a bit, you know, starting to get a bit overzealous a little bit, so I need to, you know, but it's true, because this is, this is one, this is another rare thing that, um, we don't really hear about in the other books of the New Testament, all right? And that's one of the things that makes Philemon so rare, all right? One, see, one of the major reasons why I like Philemon, I know I explained it to you, but you compare it to all of these other books, all right, that Paul had written and that um, Peter had written and that John had written, all right, they're usually to a group of people, all right, and they're usually to um, the church in general, 
okay? But you you take a book like Philemon and it focuses on one specific person, all right? Well, three specific people, but each of them, it mentions them personally, all right? And it really focuses on them, on these specific people, okay? And I know that a lot of people, they can read, you know, the books of, you know, First and Second Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, you know, First and Second Thessalonians, and so on and so forth, all right? And they can say, well, okay, this is a great book and all, but, you know, how does this pertain to me? And there there might be a few people who who unfortunately, you know, just don't you know un, under understand how it can relate to them and they may want and understandably so, they may want um they may want to learn about God more on a personal level and they may want to um, relate to God on a more personal level in the Bible, all right? And the book of Philemon presents that, all right? It's one of the few books really out of the entire Bible that focuses on one person. There are a few books in the Bible that focuses on a specific person, but... And the book of Philemon is one of them, all right? So, I'm going to stop right there, okay? And I want to thank you all for listening, all right? And I'm going to close right there. And I'm going to close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, O Lord God, another day that you have blessed us with, O Lord. Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word, Heavenly Father. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you just continue to give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, O oh Lord God, in the reading of your word, Lord Jesus. And help us, O oh Lord God, to apply it to our everyday lives. Lord, help us to grow with you on a personal level, O oh Lord God. So that we may have that relationship with you. Help us to grow in the Christian faith, O oh Lord. And give us understanding, Lord Jesus, so that we may have that good relationship with you, O Lord God. And continue to give us the will and the passion and the desire to study your word, Lord Jesus. And the knowledge to study your word, O Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for the many blessings that you have given us, O Lord. Help us, Lord, to just focus on you, O oh Lord. And in your name I pray, Lord Jesus, amen.
and amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this one verse. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians chapter 6 verses 9. Thank you.